you want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training. Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Tony Jalen. Welcome, Tony. Hey, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. I am super excited for this conversation. We're going to talk about a lot of interesting things, particularly around sales that have been your sort of passion for quite a few years. But before we do that, Tony, there's people around the world who don't yet know who you are. Let's try and change that a couple of people at a time. So a little bit of information about yourself and your background. Would be All right. So I, I've been in sales, sales management, leadership now going on. Jeez. Uh, 20, 24 years. I've also owned my own companies as well. And I've been really fortunate to learn from a lot of like great, successful people when it comes to leadership and management. People such as, you know, John Maxwell I've, I've worked with, um, personally mentored by him. So it's taught me a lot of lessons. And I've made a ton of mistakes in my own businesses and leading sales teams. So I'm looking forward to sharing some things here today. Awesome. Awesome. So if, if we look at sales first, so obviously lots of lots of small business owners uh, are trying to make sales and improve their sales skills and so on. And I've definitely been there once, one point in my career. And uh, what, what's sort of the main sort of things that you recommend business owners to focus on when they start initially, where it's themselves doing the sale? Great question. Um, I think first is you got to write down some type of plan, right? So if you're doing your own sales, it's you got to have a sales plan and a marketing plan and a branding plan. The marketing plan is designed to bring in leads. The sales plan is to convert those leads. Branding is to get your name out there. And you just got to have something that you can use to measure your success. So I think like systematize something like you're doing something <laughs> write it down and if you're getting results from it it's a good thing you can replicate it and then bring on more salespeople for your business that makes sense that makes sense and in terms of putting something like that together like any any great resources or anything from small business oh. owners that yeah yeah so one of my favorite books in terms of building a sales organization um, it's called The Ultimate Sales Machine by Chet Holmes. Um, literally, this is a fantastic playbook. I have it on Kindle. I have it on Audible. I have the hard copy. Um, it's a fantastic book because what it does, it helps you put the systems in place of everything from hiring to training and development to marketing and also developing yourself as a leader. So that's a great tool. Um, if you're looking exclusively around sales, if you haven't read this book, you need to read this book. I still got my first copy of my book when I, from now going on 30, almost no, 25, 26 years. Um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah. By Dale One Carnegie. One of my favorite books. One of my favorite yeah. books. Yeah, I had my son read it uh, last summer. I'm like, okay, champ. I've had this book for over 20 years. 
Okay, like it's literally it has numerous different highlight colors in it. It's dog-eared, but at the end of the day, you know, sales is a people business. People got to you know get to know you, like you, trust you, and now today they're asking the question of, what value do you bring me? Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's some good books. Excellent. Um. What about growing a team? So let's say you're you're a small business owner. You have already been in a situation where you've done the sales yourself, and you're you're looking to build a sales team for the first time. Any any particular great feedback or advice for people on that? Yeah. So when I had my um my first salesperson in my twenties for one of my businesses, uh, I thought. I'm telling you the mistake you can make when you're on your first salesperson, thinking that you know they're going to, uh, what's the word, um, revolutionize everything, <laughs> right? Like, oh, I'm bringing on this one salesperson. Oh, life is gonna be grand. I can just leave them alone. I think a mistake people make when they bring on a salesperson is one, they don't lay out specific expectations of the role. Like, what are the five most important things that are important for you? And sometimes you may not know what they are because <laughs> you're bringing on your first salesperson. Um, but at least get something written down. It c- could be, like, for me, it's communication. Like, it's, I'm big on communication. And when people say they're getting micromanaged, it's cause usually because of lack of communication. So communication. The other thing could be um, integrity. You know, because they're an extension of your brand. Um, resourcefulness. Are, is that salesperson resourceful? You got to let them know up front. You know, hey, you're my first salesperson I'm bringing on board. We're going to learn. We're going to have to come up with some ideas. Um, and I think relatability, too. You know, yeah. can they be empathetic? Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's critical in all sales, obviously. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. And what, yeah. when you're starting to grow a team, so so bringing on someone is 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 good, right? But uh, in terms of sort of putting the frameworks together and the systems for building a team, what's what's the thing that make the biggest difference from your side, or from your experience? The pre-boarding, and then the onboarding, and then the continued boarding. Right. More details. <laughs> yeah. So the pre-boarding is is that you're you're enlisting them into your culture, your team in the interview process. Like one of the examples I do, I, I give people an assignment when they go in the interview process. Why? Because when they come on board, there's certain things I'm going to require of them. And if they're not able to complete the assignment in the interview process, when they're looking to get the job, <laughs> what's my position that I'm going to complete assignments when they have the job? And the reason why I have this assignment in the interview process is because I made mistakes. I used to chase people for things. <laughs> so everything I've done or learned is because a lot of times I've made the mistakes. Yep. And onboarding is, you know, we got to remember when we bring on someone on board for the first time, they're expecting you to be perfect. Yep. You live in this big glass house and they're going to nitpick at every little thing. Yep. I wouldn't say nitpick, but they're just scrutinizing. They're like they're still checking you out, right? They're excited, 
You know, so I think onboarding, you got to be organized. You know, when you bring that first person on, like, you know, if you have other people, like service teams, making sure they're meeting them, you know, technical teams, um, and be present for them for that. I'd say from from my experience, that's I mean, in all hiring, that makes such a huge difference, right? Like having a having a solid process and and making people feel welcome, really, because a lot of the time when you're joining a brand new company, when you set foot in a business for the first time, like you need to feel that you're in the right place. You need to feel people care, and so often people are like they're hiring someone, and they're just like, oh yeah, so we're really busy right now, and. Uh, grab this thing and start doing some stuff, right? Like there's not a, a, a great process for it. So totally agree on the onboarding. That makes a lot yeah. of sense. And I think afterwards is that, you know, I think the onboarding is probably like 90 to 120 days. And I've done this well and I've done it really crappy. Because I think sometimes we make this assumption that they know it all. And they may have a, like a big resume, but just because you've done it for 20 years doesn't mean you've been doing it right for 20 years. Correct. Correct. And so, you know, just really walking alongside of them. Because I think, like you said, it creates that buy-in that they're part of something. Yeah. Like, I want them to say, who the heck did I join? Versus, who the heck did I join here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So I think that, that's important. Yeah. And any other any other key steps in terms of bringing people in? Understand what what's important to them. What are their goals? <laughs> you know, one of the questions I ask people is, "What don't you want in your next career?" Interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it's, it's sort of like you and I go say, hey, Tony, let's go out for dinner. I go, what do you want? Oh, well, I want this. And also I tell you, well, no, I don't really want that. But if I ask you the question, what don't you want in your next in the next dinner? You're like, oh, I don't want to eat this. I don't want to eat this. I don't want to eat this. And the reason why I ask that, especially in, like in the interview process, is because if there's something they don't want and it's part of my culture, I got to get up front with them right away because i'm gonna invest all these dollars and time and then we're gonna have we're gonna have a divorce <laughs> yeah because it's not what they expect and i think you gotta understand their goal especially for bringing on someone in sales why are they choosing your company and what do they want to get out of working for you what's yeah. important to them uh nick saban he's the coach of the alabama football team and he says when he recruits players, he asks them the question, you know, what do you want? What are your goals? He goes, because once you got that, you got their heart, and then you can go and coach their mind. Yeah. So I think that's important. Understand their goals, what's important to them, and then you should schedule also one-on-one -on -one time with them. Yeah. After they've already started. Like it, it needs to be hardcore in your calendar, it needs to be, hey, it's going to happen no matter what for them just to talk to you. Because you learn so much from them of what's going good and what's not going good. Yep. Fantastic. Yeah, that's a lot of uh, my onboarding and, and management processes as well. 
So excellent, excellent. In terms of team management and in terms of actually managing a team like that, mm-hmm. of salespeople specifically, from, from your experience, right? What, what do you see as the mistake most people make? Um, forgetting about their top performers. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. So unfortunately, most people, what, what I see is that most people focus on the people not performing and spend mm-hmm. that time and energy on those people mm-hmm. instead of spending it on the people that are actually doing really well and should be focused on. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, there's a quote um, that said that, you know, the average players want to be left alone. The good players want to be coached, yet the great players want to be told the truth. Mm. And I think in the beginning, you know, we, we invest all this time in congratulating them and, you know, patting them on the back. Hey, good work and everything like that. And. You know, sort of like once you get a new car, after a few months, you may not keep it as clean anymore. Yeah. And I think sometimes that happens too when you have someone that's doing well for you in sales. And I've made this mistake. Top performer, they're doing well. And slowly but surely, I started to not be as intentional in spending quality time with them. Yeah. And then guess what happens? Their sales goes down, and now you're all up in their business. Yeah, and they're mad. Like, well, well, now I'm I'm worth something. Well, it's not so much me that's worth something; it's my numbers, and I've been guilty of that. And you try to go ahead and repair that relationship, but because you've been disconnected, it's sometimes beyond repair. Unless you really take that time to sit down and own it. Hey, listen. I haven't paid attention to you as much because you've been doing well. Mm-hmm. And I think the top performers, they want to be, you know, held accountable a little bit because otherwise they can get feel entitled. Yeah. You know, Tom Brady used to have a weekly session every week. Tom Brady is the quarterback of, um, or used to be quarterback of New England Patriots. Yeah. For 20 years, I think something like that. And he had a one-on-one session every week with Bill Belichick after all these Super Bowls, MVPs, records. Because it just kept the relationship there and it kept the accountability there. Yeah. So, so don't forget about your top performers. Totally agreed. Totally agreed. Um, I think another thing is to be mindful of your language. Yeah. Because what you say matters. A lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm not one, I mean, I guess you got to do it sometimes for production reasons, but I, I typically, if, if I have to go ahead and correct someone on something, mm-hmm. I call them up first and then I send them a follow-up email. Don't send the email out first. Yeah. That not, sounds not good. Uh... Uh, one of my pet peeves is when people like uh, stacking bad performance examples. So they spend months collecting examples of where an employee is failing. Mm-hmm. And instead of giving them feedback right away, they collect them all up and they say, hey, look at this. Look at how 
bad a performer you are and so on. And uh, yeah, that yeah, is I, to do it. We have daily connection calls. We also have monthly reviews that our team actually fills out on themselves. Yeah. And then we have a discussion on it. So nothing is a surprise anymore. Everyone knows. Everything's yeah. talked about. Because the key the performance indicators... Be. Key performance indicators are notated. People get to judge them and rate themselves on the quality of their performance. And then we get to have discussions. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. Makes yeah. a lot of sense. Don't wait to do performance reviews. Just don't wait. That's a mistake. Yep. Especially in sales, because that's going to cost you, the sales rep, and the company money. <laughs> All the time. And, and awesome. that's, yeah. Interesting. Good. Good, Tony. And um, yeah, particularly, I mean, for me at least, sort of the whole relationship building and so on, right? Is, it's obviously extremely important, right? Yeah. One well, thing you think too is like build the relationships and the money will follow. Build the relationships, the sales will follow. Definitely. Definitely. So what what do you do when you when you're in a situation where you have someone that you're where you either haven't kept up to speed or you haven't done um, well in terms of building the relationship? Any any ways to to help salvage that? Own it. Mm -hmm. Own it. Accept the fact that you haven't versus trying to defend it. Yeah. Love it. You know. Um, and you just, just, it's like, it's relationships, right? You yeah. know, hey, Matt, like, tell you what, I haven't given you enough of, of me. And I want to apologize to you for that because you're a valued part of our team. It's a tough pill to swallow for a lot of business owners to say that. Mm -hmm. But you also create that culture then. Like people are willing to own their mistakes, you know. Yep. And well, and like, as you said, as you said in the beginning, like the the focus on empathy and you know making making sure you have the right types of people is obviously important to to get people to say that. But obviously, as a business owner, you need to be able to do the same thing. Yeah, it's not. It's easier said than done sometimes, because especially when they you know. They defend themselves when you're asking certain questions about things. And um, I think it comes down to really two, two questions that you have to answer for your people in building a team. One, they want to know that they're accepted. And number two, they want to know that they're appreciated. And I would add number three, which is they want to be given ownership and responsibility. Mm -hmm. They're a lot smarter than you think. Like that one thing that bugs me. Well, you know, your salespeople, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. they're adults. <laughs> you know, I learn so much from my team every day. Yeah, and that's, you have to be open and willing to do that, right? And you need to put yourself in a situation where, yeah, 
working with people around you, giving them responsibility, giving them ownership and, and opening yourself up is, is part of the day-to-day, right? Because that it's the only way you're going to get the most out of them because people are only, they're only going to give you so much opportunity to, to let them do the job, right? And if you don't give them the opportunity to do the job, they will go somewhere else and find a job or find a place where they can do so. Well, it's the, if there's... Uh... Um, but she said, delegation without direction leads to disappointment. Makes a ton of sense. Makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. What's been your biggest management failure so far, Tony? Man, I got a 15,000 page book on management failures. What's some of the most noticeable ones? Um, I think. One is taking people for granted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, knowing that nothing lasts forever. Good or bad, nothing lasts forever. You know, I've had people die, people retire unexpectedly. You know, so I think, you know, Mistake is, you know, taking people for granted. A thank you card goes a long ways. $20 lunch goes a long ways. The second thing is inconsistency in holding standards high. Yes. I think everyone have been at that point as well, but totally. Yeah. And then you get mad at yourself. Like, man, it's, this, is, this is on me. Like, you can tell people what the standards are. But are you, one, being an example of those standards? And two, are you holding people accountable to those standards? Or are you just letting them slip? Because because what you permit, you promote. Yep. I love that phrase. That sounds good. I'm not sure I've heard that one before, but that that I can relate to. And I think the third one is... not being consistent in my own personal growth. Yes. That, you know, because definitely rings a bell as well. It's easy when you're a business owner and you're like, oh, I'm busy, I'm busy. And yeah. No, if personal growth, it could be listening to your, your, your podcast with all the amazing guests you've had on, you know, reading, um, getting coached, being part of mastermind groups. Perspective drives our performance. Yep. Definitely. And, and even the new inputs, right? Like I think sometimes when you're when you're just so busy working on things that mm-hmm. just getting outside input or actually looking at things from a different point of view when you when you have to explain it to people, like even explaining a difficult situation to someone else often helps you solve it there and then. Right. Well, you know, like for me, it's like each day I want a slate of three dragons, you know, mind, body, spirit. Do something to renew my mind, do something for my body, do something for my spirit. Because if you're if you're trying to run your business from an empty cup. Because let's call a spade a spade. You're the business owner. The higher you go up in management, the less people are patting you on the back, telling you you did a good, good job. Yep. So you got to find ways to look in the mirror and, 
and fill your own bucket. You know, I ask people, do you have a hobby? They're like, well, this is my hobby. I'm like, no. <laughs> you need to find something to renew yourself. You know, if sales managers having a challenge um, bringing on new people, you know, because I've been there. Uh, I'm like, okay, would you want to work for you? What would your employees say about your management style? And I've learned when I put the numbers before the people is when I fail. But when I put the people first and they feel good about themselves, they produce great results. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. Excellent, Tony. Any other great resources or any other things that you really encourage people to, to get hold of and the likes when, when they're either from a management or a sales perspective specifically? Yeah, uh, journaling. Interesting. Yeah. Journaling. Um, it helps you f with your thoughts. It helps you reduce stress. Um, for me, I have a gratitude journal that I do every morning. Yep. And I tell you what, I was at the top of my game. I reached like, a lot of good success with the teams that we've, we've led. But when also you start achieving a lot of success, the scoreboard can get distracting. Yep. And you can start to despise the things that got you that championship. And for me, it's about gratitude. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I literally, if I just pulled up my app right now, I'm at 1,135 consecutive days on my little app here. Nice. And it's changed everything with me because then, because I think, one, I don't try to fix everybody. Mm -hmm. I, I, I appreciate more what people bring to the table. You know, I stop focusing on what I don't, stop putting less energy on what I don't have and put more energy on what I do have. So I think that's a really good tool is journaling. It's the best self-help book you'll ever buy. Yep. I have to be honest, I have not tried a lot of journaling myself, so it might be something to try out. Yeah. They say 80% of your thoughts did, are 80% of your thoughts today will repeat themselves tomorrow. And I want to leave something too, like, you know, and then your journaling can also show you, like when you're doing really, really well, you if you're journaling, when you're not doing well, you simply just go back to those days in your journal when you did well, because success leaves breadcrumbs. You're like, oh, I got away from that. Oh, um, I used to make all my phone calls in the morning and now I started making now in the afternoon. Oh, I'm no longer doing my weekly planning on Sundays. Oh, that sales appointment really was bad. <laughs> oh, because you'll love this phrase, Matt. Are you ready for this one? I learned this from one of my sales reps. You should write this on a, uh, on a piece of paper. This is a bonus right here for everybody right here listening. Write down the word wait on your, on your piece of paper when you go into your next sales meeting. And wait stands for why am I talking? Because yep. when, you, when you're talking, you're talking about what you know. When you're listening, you're learning. Yep. 100%. 100%.
and typically from it, it's not typically the natural when you, when you look at natural salespeople or what what people naturally see as natural salespeople, that's not necessarily their their natural behavior, right? So oh, no. love that one, love that one. Yeah. Well, there's a reason why I learned this too. Like last year, there's a reason why "listen" and "silent" contain the same letters. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening, you how do I say this? Curiosity and resistance cannot coexist. So if I'm listening, I'm being curious. Yep. And the resistance of a person, I could be coaching someone. I could be working with a prospect. If there's resistance, because I'm listening, it creates curiosity, and that resistance starts going down. And now we can have an open dialogue. Yep. Fantastic, Tony. Fantastic, Tony. If people are eager to get hold of you or get in contact with you, what's the best way of doing so? Very simple. I'm on LinkedIn. Just look up Tony, last name J-A-L-A-N. Um, they can also find me on Instagram, under uh, Tony Jalen Leadership and Mindset. Yeah. And yeah, I'm here. You know, I, I truly want to add value and I believe we need more leaders. And whatever I can do to help create more leaders, I'm all about it. Fantastic. Fantastic, Tony. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. It was awesome having you on here. Well, thanks a million for having me on, Mr. World Traveler, Traveler Extraordinary, ladies and gentlemen. I love it. I love it. Excellent. And to the audience, thank you very much. We'll be back again next week. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.